All right, I have a few slides today, but not a whole lot. And this is a message that um, is something I, I think about, and it's not probably not super new to you, but um, I hope I hope there's something for you here today. I think there will be. So this message is called Carrie has it. Start start again, start again. So it's a bit about hope. It's a little bit about courage. It's a little bit about being born again, again. So the questions that I want to begin with today to kind of sit in your head as we get started are on the next slide. And how, how do we keep our love for Jesus burning? How do we not fizzle out? How do we not grow tired and um, cynical? How do, we, how do we finish strong? And I'm sure there's lots of answers, but this is just where I'm going to go with it today. How do we keep it strong? So I can remember when I met Jesus, I was a little girl in church. Some people meet Jesus in church, some people don't. I can remember meeting Jesus in church. And I remember I love Jesus so much. And I, I was listening to a podcast today, this week, and Richard Foster was talking about kids can love Jesus so much. There's something really pure about their love. There's something can be really intense about their love. And I remember just starting to talk with Jesus at a really young age and listening and just loving to be with Jesus outside as I was playing. And so I think a lot of us at some point we're here because we love Jesus. We started out with this really strong love for Jesus. And when we met Jesus, I experienced this even as a kid, everything changes. Like maybe slowly, but things change when you meet Jesus. Um, Jesus is amazing. But sometimes we live life and we can lose sight of Jesus. We just forget what we're about. We're just living life and we just forget what we were in here for. And sometimes life can just knock Jesus right out of you. <laughs> like life just comes along and you're like, you just kind of forget about why you're here, why you come. And what's going on? Um, one of the stories that I heard at convention that really is just stuck in my heart, and I just keep remembering it, is Joe, Joe spoke, Joe Whitworth. He was actually um, a pastor who recently retired up from Spokane. And he told a story about when he was a young pastor. He pastored in Spokane for 45 years. Uh, and then, so this was his first five years of ministry in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon. And he said he asked his mentor, pastor, his name was Roy Hicks. And at that time, like, churches were just kind of exploding at that time. And he's like, he'd done so many things. He'd, he'd mentored so many people. He'd planted so many churches. He's like, what, what are you, what's one thing? Just one thing that you're really proud of or what's one thing that you think, I did so great in this in my ministry. And he said, he said he thought about it for a minute. And then he said that I'm not cynical. I'm not cynical. And Joe said, he said, I thought that was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. Does that sound like a young guy? That's stupid. But think about it. To continue to follow Jesus and to not grow cynical. I think right now when we look at, at the church and we look at the abuse and we look at the hurt, I think it's pretty easy to be cynical right now. Like sometimes even Christian podcasts, I'm like, I can't listen to the Holy Post right now because I'm growing a little cynical. I just need to take a pause. And so how can we keep our love 
for Jesus and not grow cynical, like, well, it's always this way, or I don't think it's ever going to change, or to lose your hope. I was thinking about this week, hope takes, I was reading a poem, hope takes courage. You actually have to have courage to keep hoping. So how do you do that? How do we keep our love for Jesus burning bright? How do I finish, how do we finish stronger than when we began? Like keep that fire burning, running that race that Paul talks about. So let's go to the scriptures, and we're going to look at John 3, 1 through 10. So if you could bring that up for me, John 3, 1 through 10. This is the scripture I'm going to look at. I'll give you a moment to get there. It's probably up there as well. John 3, 1 through 10. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? So this story is fondly called Nick at Night. (laughs) Because Jesus goes, because Nick, Nicodemus, goes to Jesus at night. We think it's perhaps probably because he didn't want everyone to see that he was going to go talk to Jesus. He's like, I'm going to do this when people can't see. So what I want us to notice, and that you might have noticed, is that Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's a rule follower. I I am a rule follower at times, or when I want to be. But he was a Pharisee who fastidious, he was fastidious in his observation of Jewish law. Also, he was a Sanhedrin. That means he was part of the Jewish ruling council. He is a religious leader, so widely respected, that Jesus called him Israel's teacher. Like, he is the teacher. This guy has it all. He's religious, he's righteous, he's powerful, and so check, 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 and he's respected, and he didn't get it. He didn't get it. I was thinking, who is our teacher today? Maybe, I would say maybe N.T. Wright, if you're familiar with him, and, or maybe it'd be like saying to Billy Graham, you don't get it. Can you imagine, like, you're not following me. Or Tim Keller, like, you are leading the church today, and you're not getting it. You have to be born again. You have to start anew. And it's not born by anything other than the Spirit. It's something you can't see. And I think sometimes us here need to hear, you need to be born again. You need to start over. I think there's a time when you're born again, 
Like you accept Christ. You believe it. You see it. And then there's times when you need to be born again and again and again. Think of the passage, Jesus makes all things new. Making. Actually, it says Jesus is making all things new. It's like an action. So it's part of becoming like Christ. I was, I said yes. I think many of us have, maybe you haven't, said yes. I choose to follow you. And then as I grow, there's places that are dead. There's places that I'm blind. There's patterns that I've been gifted that don't look like Jesus. And so I get to become born again and again. You must be born again. Nicodemus, you need to start over. This is what Jesus is saying to him. You need to be born again. Nicodemus was so stunned, and he could actually not fathom what Jesus was saying. Instead, he's like, that's impossible. I cannot enter my mother's womb. He didn't get the things of the Spirit. Jesus had to explain it to him. I'm not even sure he still got it at the end. He's like, how can this be? Jesus tells the most righteous and respected person, man in this nation, that he has to start over. No one else probably could have said that to him. It'd be like coming up to, you know, the leader, Heidi, you're not getting it. You've got to start again. You're missing it. I'd say we are, most of us are born again, but there are areas that I've come to realize that I need to start again. So the next one is you can start again. That's hope. That's a wise view of life and time. You don't have to stay where you are. Some of my relationships, you don't have to keep being to that person, responding to that person how you have been. You can begin again. You don't have to keep relating to God the way you have been. You can start new. You can start fresh. I would like to share with you some areas that I think kind of are areas where sometimes they're the whole person where we need to start again. They're just areas that I've seen and I want to talk about today where you might see and go, oh, that's, that's an area where I, I've become a little dead. Or that's an area I can hear the Holy Spirit whispering to me. That's a place I'd like you to be born again and start over. You don't have to keep doing it the same way you have been. So if Carrie could bring those up. All right. So the first one is physical. And if one, like, sticks in your head, like as I go through, or maybe write them all and like listen to the Holy Spirit. And if there's one, like circle it or take it home in your head and think about it. So physical, we're a whole person. You're created in the image of God. Take care of yourself. So pastors can be very sedentary. (laughs) And we eat lots of meals and we meet with people and we have coffee and we eat a meal. And then we have another meal. And then we sit, and maybe we have two meals with you because we spent a long time with you. Um, it used to be that pastors couldn't get health insurance. They didn't want, because they were so, pastors were so overweight that they wouldn't even, and so, so like, take care of yourself. You're a whole person. I think it was taught that your body didn't matter for a while in the church. It was just the thing, you know, the, the, um, your spirit but your whole body, your spirit's not in a good place when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're not filling yourself. So maybe there have been times when I'm just like, I haven't been taking care of this temple, is the way the scripture calls it, in a way that honors God. Or I try to push my body too far and not rest. That's probably mine. I think I can do it all. I'm superwoman and I'm just a human. So maybe that's one for you. 
regular exercise, healthy diet, plenty of sleep. What needs to change? Do you need to start over? The next one is emotional. What fills you up? What fills you up? What do you do for fun? I think Christians should be fun. That's my opinion. Um, We were created to enjoy life. I want to have lots of hobbies. I want to be someone who people consider to be fun. They're like, oh, you're a fun person. Thank you. I'm happy. I want to be happy. It doesn't mean that life is always great, but I still want to be happy. What fills you up? Think about it. What fills you up? What brings you joy? What makes you feel fully alive? Like God created me to do this. I can tell you mine. I love to try new things. I love to travel. I really love to read. But yours are going to be different. What fills you up? Nature. Like being in nature grounds me. I am so aware of God's presence and kindness. I just, when I was in Costa Rica, I'm like, God, you are so kind that you would create this for humanity to observe and to be a part of. What fills you up? The next one, and all of these are different places and times where God has spoken to me. Like, here, here, Heidi. You can, you can do this different. You don't have to keep doing it the way you did. The next one is fr- social. Have friends. Have real friends. Have real friends. You need friends. Do you know the difference between just like a casual friendship and a deep friend? Like someone that you can really share what's going on and where your heart is and what God's speaking to you and what God's saying to you and where you can be unfiltered. Like you can just be like, blah, and you're like, oh, that was ugly. Sorry. Let's, sorry. But like you, we need those friends. And that's been one where God's told me, like, you need friends. <laughs> you need real friends. You don't have to be like an ivory person up with the mic. You need real friends who you can share what's really going on. I needed to start over. I needed to figure out how to be a good friend and how to invest in my friendships. So maybe that's you. I would, I would pose since we're known as the loneliest people, right? The Surgeon General said we have an uh, epidemic of loneliness. So I would pose to you that most of us need to learn to be a good friend. And I would also pose to you that many of us don't even know how. So you can say to God, I would love, I need friends. Can you help me? I don't know how. That's a prayer I pray a lot. God, I see this in me. I need to be born again. And can you help me? I don't know how. And I've seen God to be so faithful to lead me and guide me. The next one is mental. That sounds funny when you say it like that. The next one's mental. But be a lifelong learner. Be a learner. A disciple, someone who follows and walks with Jesus, is a learner. You're going to learn. Be a disciple of Jesus and keep learning. This is fun. What's the opposite of a learner? A (laughs) know-it-all. Let's not be a church full of know-it-alls. Let's be a church of learners. And I was thinking about it because I love to read. Like, I just read. It just fills me up. But you can be a learner without reading. There are other ways. But, man, I think reading is the best, personally. But there are other ways. You can meet with small groups of people and talk. There's podcasts. People love podcasts. So be, be a learner. Um, try new things. Be curious. That is something we try to be as a church, is curious. Rather than, mm, you're wrong, be, be curious. Why do they think this way? Why do people come here? Um, I've changed my position. I do not think like I did in my 20s. 
I don't. I don't have the same beliefs because I know things that I didn't know. I've experienced things that I didn't experience in my 20s. This is a, fu- this is a fun story about Abraham Lincoln. So when a congressman accused Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln of changing his mind, Lincoln replied, yes, I have. And I don't think much of a man who is not wiser today than he was yesterday. Keep learning. Do you need to start over? Do you need to become curious? Do you need to let go of being a know-it-all? No one really enjoys a know-it-all. And it just means I'm insecure when I play that card anyways, right? Right? So mental. Learn some new things. Lifelong learner. Personal. Uh, Grow your character. Most people wash out of life. It's not because of lack of skill, but they lack character. Right? It's not because you maybe have the skills, but you lack the character. You don't play well with others. You're proud, insecure, and touchy, and they always have to be right. There have been times where Jamie and I play the I am right game, right? We dig our heels, and oh, it's been a learning curve for both of us. We both go there. We both go, no, I'm right. I'm right. It's to grow is to be like, I might be wrong, and it's okay if I'm wrong. It doesn't dilute who I am. Uh, The last one is spiritual. Keeping your love for Jesus burning bright. Remember, this is why we came here to begin with. Because we love Jesus. And we want other people to know him. And we want to come to worship him. What are you doing to keep your relationship with Jesus fresh and growing? Do you need to start over? Do you need to rekindle your love for Jesus? Tell me about your daily time with Jesus. What are you doing to grow? To let Jesus speak to you and for you to speak to him. Do you need to start over? I was telling Julie this week, as we were the only ones in staff meeting, we're going through a book, A Testament Devotion by Thomas Kelly, a Quaker. It's really, we had a fun conversation, the two of us. But he encourages people to grow into their faith. And so the moment, like you find yourself, the moment you wake up, it's like a growing, but the moment you wake up, you're aware of God's presence. And you grow in such a way that your mind and your heart is turning to Jesus throughout the day, all the time, and even as you're going to bed. He says you can even grow in your, he, said, he says you can grow in your faith as you're sleeping. I was like, wow. But I realized I've been a Christian for a long time, and I don't know if, but sometimes I've realized, I told, told Julie, there's been times when I realized, like, when did I stop talking to Jesus? Like, when did I stop praying? When did I stop sitting down and just wanting to read the Bible, not for a message, but just because I wanted to be with Jesus? And there's been times where I've come there. There's been a couple times, and I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, how did that happen? I'm like, I love you, and I'm sorry, and I can't even remember how it happened. It's kind of like in a marriage where sometimes people wake up and they look at their partner like, who are you? Like, when did, I don't even know what's going on in our lives anymore. And it can be the same with God. You wake up and you're like, what happened? Where, where did I go? How did, because God's still there, so it's me. So there's times when I'm like, well, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to come back. And, I'm, and, and I was telling Julie, when I find that happens, it's not like all of a sudden um, 
the next day, I actually have to build those muscles up again. Like I actually have to build up the muscles of being with Jesus again and taking time. Um, for me, uh, what, how I am, but it's changed how I spend time with Jesus. But right now, how I love to spend time with Jesus is I love to wake up in the morning and sit quietly. And this is personal, so I don't, I don't, everyone's is different. And I imagine myself sitting with the Trinity. And I imagine them placed, and I place myself in their presence. And I just sit there. And I let myself off the hook from needing to hear anything, needing to say anything. I just enjoy sitting with the Trinity. And I just sit there. And I'm going to tell you, when I started, um, I was challenged to do 20 minutes. And I was like, that is so long. And your muscles grow. And now I sit there, and, and, and honestly, I'd be like, because um, I was challenged to try it for six months. I'd be like, five minutes, ten minutes. I'd look at my watch. And you grow your muscles. And now I can just sit with the spirit in the morning and just sit. And then after that time, I pull out a short chunk of scripture because for me, this is better for me to be with God and to actually hear God's voice instead of needing to read a chapter, needing to read two chapters. We're all different. But I read a short chunk, and I sit with it until I hear or until I sense the Spirit speaking something to me through the passage. And for me, that's how I keep my, my heart fresh. That's how I keep myself linked and grounded. I kind of imagine like roots. That's how I stay rooted to Jesus right now. You can tell somebody else what yours looks like. It could look so different than mine because your relationship is going to be so different. But what would you change? Like as you look through those, what would you change? You, you can't go back and undo life. You can't go back and change the way you've done things. But you can start over. You can do it again. There's been relationships where I was like, well, I might not have been doing that how I wanted to do it or the best way, but I could start differently today. What do you need to change? It's actually, this is a wise view on time. It's, this is like a proverb. This is a wise view on time. I can't go back, but what can I do to move forward? Instead of like, I'm stuck. I'm not going to change. But really, you might be like the Audrey 3.0. Like, I am not the same. He, Audrey is not the same Audrey that when I met him. When you came to this church, um, he's not the same person. I'm not the same person that started coming to this church. Sherry is not the same person that I met. Because slowly, God is making all things new. Meeting with Will and Brianna, they were here last week, and they had gone out on the mission field and came back. And sitting with Will and Brianna, I could see how much the Holy Spirit had changed in them and how hard parts of ministry had softened them and I realized that God had changed them just like God changes, has been changing me. When we think about life, when you think about life, when you think about the fact that you do not have to stay the same, you're not, I'm not the same Heidi that Jamie married 23 years ago. In fact, that's one of the first times. So Jamie and I, we were creating a pattern of fighting 23 years ago when we got married. And I was not very nice. And I, Jamie has a very kind, nice Enneagram 9 personality. I don't. And I was dominating. I was dominating him with my strong type A personality to get what I wanted. And we were in the driveway. And I can remember the Holy Spirit saying, is this really how you want to do things? 
do you really want to dominate your spouse? Like, I heard it. Like, you can continue this, but is this really how you want to do things? And I was like, no, I don't. I actually want to partner. And so I think there's times when you can be from there, but I don't know how, and you start to, like, change. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I'll be like, is this really how you want to do life? Is this how you want to keep doing things? And you have an invitation to change. That's one I can think of. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> God makes all things new. God is making all things new. God says that on the throne. That's from Revelation 21.5. I am making all things new. My spiritual director told me this week, and so that's why it's in my head. Um, that's her favorite passage. Sounds like a spiritual director's favorite. I'm making all things new. Um, we need to realize that we have the courage and the hope to be born again. I just ask you as we close today, what area do you need to start again? Does the Holy Spirit prick something? What do you want to start again? Where would you like, I'd like to be born again. I want to do this different. And this is what I, I love, this prayer. is like, I want to do this and I don't know how. Will you help me? And so maybe today something is on your heart as you close your eyes. Maybe, Jamie, can you come and finish in closing? And as you're worshiping, just listen. If there's an area that plops in your heart, and give it to God and say, I'd like to start over, and I don't know how, but I trust that you are making all things new. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands to praise you again and again. 
Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one move. With my arms stretched why I will worship you so I throw up my hands to praise you again and again cause all that I have is a for heart singing hallelujah 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 it's all I have Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, so I throw up. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me, lift to be your song, cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs, get up and praise the Lord, oh, come on, 
Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, and I'm nothing else fit for the King, except for heart singing hallelujah, set in stone people and that we can continue to grow and learn and be shaped into your image and to try new things and to become new people and we pray God that the words of revelation would remain in our hearts this week that you declare over all creation behold I am making all things new that the work that is done in us is not our work but your work and we participate in it may your spirit prompt, convict, support, cheer on each one of us as we are being transformed into your image from glory to glory. In your name, amen. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you, everybody, for worshiping with us this morning. So go in God's grace. We're going to have root beer floats in just a few minutes, and the kids are going to come. So here's the thing. This is your chance to get one first. The kids are still upstairs. They have no clue that we're done down here. And so we can have all the root beer floats, and they can come down and be like, what? So let's do that. 
and hang out, get to know each other a little bit better, have some root beer floats, but go in the grace of the Lord. And one of the things that we say around here very frequently is that if you heard nothing else this morning, know that Jesus loves you very, very much. And Heidi and I love you very, very much, too. And we are growing with you. So we'll see you next week. I'm preaching next week. You've heard Heidi for two weeks. It's my turn. I'll probably have a lot to say. So bring comfy clothes. We'll see you then.